the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. What about this this idea that it is a, well, to, to lack of a better word, a, a cabal that's existed within the halls of power for the last 15 years? Yeah, I think it's a it's a big problem. I don't disagree with, with Cash or Devin about, you know, the systematic nature of this and how long it goes back. And my, you know, my take on this is a little different from theirs, I think, because I, I'm not, I'm willing to acknowledge the wrongdoing on our side. What bothers me is the two tiers of justice. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I went back this morning looking at some of the stuff I wrote during the uh, Hillary Clinton emails escapade. And I, I always thought, Dan, that, um, you know, once they decided not to prosecute her on classified information, which they had to distort the statute in order to not do, they just basically acted like there was nothing else at issue. When I kept trying to argue that she had dis- converted to her own use and destroyed thousands of government records, uh, which, you know, her emails with respect to State Department work clearly were. Um, and that she should, I said she should have been prosecuted under the Federal Embezzlement Act, which makes it a crime to convert to your own use and destroy government property. Crickets. Not e- no one even, you know, right. that never even um, got into the discussion. So, you know, what they're talking about with Trump now, with great indignation, is what they turned a blind eye to with Hillary just a few, seemingly just five minutes ago. So, uh, the, yes, there. Yeah. The, the other thing, though, too, too, about this, I mean, I, I, th- I think that's that is a salient point you're making. But the other thing about this is if this is so urgent and this the Wall Street Journal, opinion, this is so urgent and the documents so sensitive uh, relating to nuclear program and so forth. Um, I mean, wh- why did it take 18 months? I, agree. I look, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think what happened here is. You can't look at this in a vacuum. Um, they got pressure in June. Um, the, the left, I think it was beginning with uh, with Rachel Maddow, went crazy over this idea that that Garland had reaffirmed Bill Barr's guidance, which I I think most people would have thought was common sense, Dan, that if you're going to investigate a presidential candidate, the attorney general needs to sign off on that. Yeah. And when they, you know, that just that's like saying you should put your socks on before your shoes, right? I mean, who would have, who wouldn't have thought that was the case? But when Garland said what Barr Barr's guidance was good guidance, and he he intended to follow it, the left took that as a signal that he wasn't serious enough about nailing Trump on January sixth. So what's you know everybody keeps saying what happened? What's the difference? What happened in June, or what's happened since June that made all this necessary? Well. At the end of June, they did search warrants on Eastman and Jeffrey Clark, the two lawyers who were involved in the January 6th stuff. They've issued grand jury subpoenas to 
uh, Pence's aides. They've issued grand jury subpoenas to two of the lawyers at Trump's uh, White House counsel's office. And the day after Mar-a-Lago, they went up to a member of Congress, Scott Perry, Took on the phone. street when yeah. he was on vacation with his family in, Phil- in Pennsylvania and, and did a search warrant on him and took his phone. So they're obviously ratcheting up their investigation of January 6th. I think I've written about this. I think it's very clear that they're trying to make a case that Trump conspired to defraud the United States and to obstruct the congressional count. All the people who I just described are involved in that in the sense of either being witnesses or participants as far as this theory is concerned. And if you agree with my analysis and the timeline, I, I don't accept it. When they tell me that the raid on Mar-a-Lago had nothing to do with the guy who was the main guy they're trying to nail on January 6th. <laughs> right. When it happens in the middle of everything they're doing on January 6th, I'm not buying it. Well, right. I'm but... not saying they didn't have, you know, he didn't have, he had classified information, fine. He had presidential records he shouldn't have had, fine. But I think what triggered this is January 6th. I don't think it's that other stuff. But, but uh, if that theory is correct, and it certainly seems more likely than not to me, then they committed yet another fraud on another court in misrepresenting the purpose of the raid. Well, not really as a matter of law. I mean, what you need for a search warrant is you have to have evidence of a crime and probable cause that the uh, you have to have probable cause of a crime and probable cause that evidence of the crime will be found in the place that you want to search. So if they had probable cause that he was retaining classified information. And I know, by the way, I get there's a, a, a proof problem with that because he may have declassified the documents. I, I get, that's, the, that's the kind of a thing that would be a defense if they ever charged him. But if they had probable cause on the classified information and probable cause that it was in Mar-a-Lago, and it looks like they had slammed yeah. probable cause because they'd been you know, discussing it with them, then they had enough to get in there. No, I, I, that's not I, a fraud. No, well, but, well, but they with, you, they withheld their real purpose. Yes, that's, that's what. That so what I'm saying is that I, when I say fraud, I don't mean in, in a you know well, a criminal I, sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm just I'm I'm telling you because this happened to me last week. I used the word pretextual, and I got all kinds of blowback that I was saying <laughs> it was a fraud on the court. So I'm a little sensitive to that. But well, I'm not saying they committed fraud on the court. But I am saying well, they acted in bad faith. Agenda is. Yeah, their closet agenda is more important to them than the reason they told the court they needed to do the search. Yeah, well, right, right. I mean, it's, it, all it, it just continues. I mean, if you if if they care about the American people uh, trusting them, it, at minimum, you're operating in bad faith if what your your theory is correct, and I suspect it is. And so it just you know it fuels the abolish the FBI and impeach Merrick Garland. I mean, I don't know I don't know who they think they're fooling other than their fellow travelers. You're right, but, you know, they're making the country more I'm, – I'm going to say the same thing I said when they abused FISA. Um, you know, the reason we have FISA is that there really are terrible people in the world who want to do harm to Americans. And when the government abuses the authority that we actually need to protect the country, what it does is it undermines the political support for maintaining those authorities because you think the government can't be trusted with it. And we can take away the authorities because we have untrustworthy people wielding them. 
but the country is going to be less safe. I mean, we actually need something like the FBI. It doesn't have to be the FBI. No, I know. It's got to be something like the FBI. And I've argued, Dan, that they should take away their, you know, you want to get their attention, take away their national security mission, take yep. away the foreign counterintelligence mission, let them go back to being a federal police force, which they were actually good at. Yeah, and then, and then maybe they'd be focused on, for example, the five or six dozen people on the terrorist watch list who've come in through our southern border, and we don't know where they are, for example, right? Right. right. Um, and right. What, no, what, you want them doing good. Do cops and robbers. They were good at that. I, I don't think the, the I spy stuff, is, they're not good at it. Yeah. Um, one, one thing just about the documents themselves. Um, so the issues raised about attorney-client privilege as well as executive privilege with which, with respect to whatever it was the FBI seized, uh, would that potentially – is that potentially a um, uh, an argument that uh, the Trump lawyers can make to return those documents to undermine any s- essential claim by the federal government that he mishandled classified information? No, I don't think – I think, you know – Trump is conflating two different things. Um, the, the property should not have been at Mar-a-Lago. It's, very, it's perfectly appropriate for us to be saying that they shouldn't have used criminal law methods to get it back. They shouldn't have done an unprecedented search warrant to get the property back. But that stuff is the property of the United States. It's not the personal property of Donald Trump. And there's a lot of, you know, that warrant allows you to take every single document that was generated for the four years of the Trump uh, administration. It's not just about classified information. And in part, that's because they've been arguing with him for two years about the stuff he's got down there, not just the classified information. They want that stuff back because it's it's covered under the Presidential Records Act. So the fact that he might have attorney-client privilege and executive privilege would be relevant if there was some issue that came up in an investigation where the Justice Department wanted access to this information and Trump wanted to stop them from getting access, just like he asserted executive privilege to try to stop the January 6th committee from getting stuff that was in the National Archive. But the thing is, the, the property belongs to the United States. So even if he has executive privilege or attorney client privilege, that doesn't mean he gets to get it back at Mar-a-Lago. That limits what the Justice Department can do with it. Yes, maybe. right, right, exactly. Right. But it doesn't mean he gets it back. Right. Um, uh, the, uh, he shouldn't have had it in the first place. The, the other matter that was uh, uh, essentially documented in the, uh, in the search warrant, that w- the portion of the search warrant made public, a reference to the Espionage Act and the idea that um, there's a, the criminal investigation potentially implicates the Espionage Act in whatever Trump may or may not have done. How do you react right. to that? Well, I, I think they're kind of stuck with the position they took on Hillary Clinton, which, by the way, I thought was a preposterous distortion of the statute, but it's their distortion, right? So the Obama-Biden Justice Department, in connection with Clinton, said that you couldn't use the Espionage Act to prosecute unless you could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person uh, actually intended to harm the United States. Now, the statute doesn't say that, but that's what they said with, with Hillary. There's no proof that Trump was trying to harm the United States. And the other thing that Comey and the rest of them said about that was that, uh, you know, when we pointed out to them that their reading of the statute was preposterous, they, they pivoted to the position that, well, 
We never prosecute anybody on this, so it would be an unconstitutional selective <laughs> prosecution if we singled her out. So, you know, I think what's good, uh, for, the, what's good for the goose, right? Uh, well, what's good for the gander? I don't know. What's yeah. good for somebody? Andy McCarthy, former chief assistant U.S. attorney, contributing international view, author of the bestseller Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. Thanks, as always, Andy. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.